and welcome back to another episode of the Real Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jacob O'Connor. Real Conversations is a podcast for those dedicated to doing hard things and living a meaningful life. Today, my guest is Evan O'Connor. We're back. Primo, como estas? Muy bien, gracias. ¿Y tú? Estoy un poco cansado, pero... All right, hey, he, yeah. he lost me there. <laughs> All right, well, we're good, guys. Man, it is... Uh, when was the last time you were on? That was in Wichita. When was that? Maybe... It could have been like February. February? Yeah, yeah, February. Yeah. It was right after uh, you won that ultra marathon. That's right. Yeah. I had to toss that in just to get you the credit. <laughs> Good. I like that. Some street cred right off the way. No, it's been, a, it's been a long time since you've been on though. And I know that the people have been missing you because you went from being my number one guest because you were on like four times <laughs> in like two months. And then we haven't heard from you since February. Yeah, that's... Uh, pretty much the way I live my life. Uh, that's all a factor to what I do. During the summer from uh, roughly May to October, I'm out west fighting the wildfires. Um, stationed in Wyoming, but we are a federal resource, so we'll go anywhere. <laughs> federal resource does not sound very like a person. It sounds no, like no, a it's, thing. This will make sense. We're a federal resource, so we go anywhere uh, within the nation or even to other countries to assist them with wildfires. You you like doing that? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, this year specifically, we spent a little over a month up in Canada, both um, Alberta and Quebec, um, assisting with their pretty devastating wildfire year. But the job itself is just so rewarding. Uh, lots of hard work, and the camaraderie is just insane. How does even how does one even get into this? It's a great question. Um, yeah, you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You, you just do. Um, I'll tell you. Once you're in, it's a trap. Like you can't leave. You get that fire bug, and you realize that nothing else will compare quite as much. Um, getting into it, though, I mean, there's really just a couple base level classes you need. Um, that if you're interested, I could help you find. And once you do that, you're good to start applying to jobs. I think what is. I think it's cool that you do this thing. It's very unique. People likely have a lot of questions about it. But what I find really cool about it is the fact that you actually enjoy and care about what you're doing. And what you're doing is not easy. It's two-week rolls. You're working every hour of every day. You're sleeping outside. And it's like you get three days off after that. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that is so uncommon. I mean, you and I talk to many people each that they hate their lives. And it's like, how you doing? It's like, oh, I hate my job. Looking for a new one. Yeah. And it's like, man, like I get it but that sucks. Like that's a terrible way to live. Everyone wants to be happy and enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. How do you think you were fortunate enough to find that so early? I knew, yeah, I knew that I wasn't meant to work a traditional like job per se. So just sitting in an office or just being indoors. Um, I knew I had to be outside working hard. Um, that's something that like God has blessed me with is a body that is able to work hard. So I'm using that. Um, and then also just being surrounded with like-minded people that want to work hard and do something to keep bettering, uh, I guess, the country, like protecting our resources. Yeah, it's pretty unique. So take, take us through, not like granular detail, but at a high level, what does a role consist of? Like, what does your day-to-day -day look like? Yeah, so we will get an order to go to usually a specific fire or area in the country. 
So we'll go there, get onto a, a fire. Um, I'd like to clear up a couple misconceptions if I can. Is that fine? Not allowed. All right, perfect. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. So typically people who don't know a lot about wildfires, they'll see the news, hear about one or two in Southern California and think that's all that's happening. At any given time, there's hundreds of fires that are staffed pretty aggressively. So we'll be out in some fire and therefore about 14 days, we can extend to 21. That isn't common. And during those 14 days, we are up from 5.30 till 9.30 at night working and then we're sleeping. We're just sleeping on the ground. If it rains, you might have been smart enough to put up a tent. If not, you're trying to find a tree to crawl under. Gets pretty sketchy real quick. Um, Might get chased by cows. That happens. Cows, <laughs> bears, we've had it all. Um, yeah, day to day though, I mean, we're. it depends a lot on fire and weather conditions. Uh, but we're looking to just continue improving the fire line that we have. And so the the base of what we do is removing burning material from the fire. Uh, so just creating an actual line that the fire can't burn. That's typically accomplished through having saw teams go ahead and they're cutting away brush and trees, um, stuff of that sort that could get in the way. And then there's guys coming in behind them, digging a trench 18 inches wide, clear of anything organic, so roots, sticks, grass, all that, until you're down to bare mineral soil. So the concept is when the fire hits that, there's no material for the fire to burn. And so that holds it. Yeah. It, well, I think what did it for me in like realizing your day to days, I saw the picture that's on your Instagram of like you in the fire and you've got, I don't know if it's an ax or whatever it is over your shoulder. And it's like, man, he's actually in the fire putting it out. It's not like you're standing really far away. It's not like it's some small fire. Like this is a massive, it's actually pretty dangerous what you do. Yeah. Uh, so I believe the picture that you're referencing um, we'll try to throw that in later if you can. I don't feel like doing that. All right. We're not going to do that. <laughs> just, just go, I'll, we'll, we'll put your Instagram and they can go look your, yeah, your Instagram. Yeah, it'll be up there. <laughs> Good plug as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, what's happening in the picture, we are actually doing a back burn. So we have a pre-established line. In this case, we're using a road and then we are using drip torches, which is drip fire. So we're flinging fire. That's awesome. To create that barrier the same way. And since we're putting down the fire, we know it's a lot more predictable and it's actually a lot safer for us to start the fire instead of having to face the wildfire. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Perfect. That's cool. Yeah. So you got a pretty cool job. That's only six months out of the year. And the other six months out of the year, what do you do? The other half of the year... I'm back home stationed in Illinois, working on... Stationed. The, yeah, <laughs> more work voice it happens. Um, living in Illinois, working on our family farm. I am, I believe, seventh generation farmer. I'm uh, sure... Yeah, I don't recall. But that, that's actually where we are right now. Again, I implore you guys, start watching these videos. We're in like the shop with the tractors and everything right now. Yeah. So this is... Yeah, this is where we're... Most of our work happens, so farming. And then once that is kind of getting wrapped up with harvest, during the winter, I have a lot more freedom to travel as I like, run ultra marathons, 
uh, just do crazy endurance events, any sort of physical challenge that son- sounds daunting. What are you currently training for? Currently training for an Ironman 70.3. So that's a 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike, and then a half marathon, 13.1 mile run, all back to back to back. It's also known as a half Ironman. I noticed that you just called it the Ironman 70.3, but we got to clarify that. I mean, if we're looking at the website, <laughs> Ironman 70.3. No, you're going to kill that. When I came up, so I've been up on the farm for about a week. I try and spend a couple of weeks up here every year just because, I mean, been in our family. It's so cool. I want to learn mm-hmm. more and I didn't have the chance to grow up on it like you did, but I always like to come back to it and, and have an appreciation for it. But I came up uh, last Sunday, so a week ago and Saturday. Yeah, you're right. Saturday. And you were doing uh, Saturday as your long workout day. So you were going to go through and do the entire regimen of what that half Ironman consists of. And so I showed up and did half the bike, which is 28 miles, and then did the half marathon with you. And dude, you killed it. Like, <laughs> thank, thank you. You did the the test run of what you need to do on race day and you got through everything, hit all of your time constraints. Like that's got to feel great. Yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, I was really nervous about the time caps for swimming and biking. Um, yeah, but with a lot of hard work, I've gotten to where I need to be and I was able to pretty, pretty regularly just knock that out. I'll tell you what, dude, I hate biking. (laughs) You were going through it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I showed up and Evan's like, you're going to help me out with this. And that's usually how we talk to each other is like, you're going to do this like (laughs) difficult thing. You don't have a choice. And so I was like, all right, I'll help you. I was like, but I got to tell you, I've never actually really been on a bike. I'm kind of concerned about it. And it absolutely just destroyed my butt. It hurt so much. (laughs) Yeah. it, It was pretty funny to see, um, Someone as strong as yourself and motivated to just get wrecked by two little wheels. Yeah, it's, I, I love it. But what I appreciate about myself in that regard is like, yeah, it sucked. But I find that whenever things suck like that, I usually try and add humor to it. And so it wasn't like I was just sitting there like hating my life. I was trying to joke about it as much as I possibly could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a good time. Yeah. But I have to yeah, give you major credit. Like you had a hard time with the bike because, yeah, you haven't been on a bike at all. Mm. But then for that run, you really bounced back and kept my pace going strong. Yeah, dude, I running is, it's only been a year. Can you believe that, man? It's been actually as of yesterday. So yesterday was Saturday. It's the one year anniversary of the Tunnel Hill 50 and 100 miler where you and I did our first ultra marathon. Happy one year anniversary, man. Yeah, it's been a good year. Since then, we've both had four ultra marathons under our belt. Um, dude, four been, in one year is a lot. It's pretty good. Uh, and to commemorate that, what did we do? We did a 50 miler casually on Thursday. Shout out to your mom too. She also did it. Yeah. She really didn't train much at all. She was just like, you know what? I think I can do it. It's not going to be fun, but we're just going to keep moving. So get it done. Yeah. This last Thursday started at 3 a.m. and just crushed a 50 miler. It's dude. (laughs) That's what I love is like when you and I get together this type of stuff happens. It's like it's almost like a chemical reaction of what sort of stupidity can we do but justify it as like we're getting better and it's hard and it's good for us type of thing. And so uh, you and I were out running one morning this week and we're like, shoot, your mom wanted to do that 50 miler, but uh, we told her that we were going to be out of town or I don't remember whatever our reason was. And so we were like, let's go tell her that we'll do it with her. And so we told your mom like, hey, let's go do Tunnel Hill. It's in Vienna, Illinois. And she was like, well, we can't because it's Saturday and you and I were up in Ohio with uh, Peter Nelson, mm-hmm. which whose episode will already be out. Go listen to that if you haven't yet. And um, 
she goes, what if we just did it here in Kankakee tomorrow or Thursday? And we're like, okay. Sure, yeah. Like, let's just do it. Yeah, I think, yeah, going back a little bit more, you and I were like, we should do something crazy. Let's do four by four by 48. Oh, yeah, yeah. Realized we had time constraints. We're like, four by four by 24. Like That's lame. Yeah, not as cool. <laughs> so that just kind of died out. And then we're like, 50 miles? Sure. And we really just agreed to do it Wednesday morning. So yeah, less than 24 hours before we, we headed out. It was still kind of that whole, is it going to fall through? Are we actually doing this? And then I set my alarm for 3 a.m. and I got up and I was like, ah, they're up. This is interesting. <laughs> Seems like they're taking this serious. Might actually happen. And we started walking and I was like, this is odd. This is no longer a joke. It's it, actually occurring. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. It was a long day. Dude, it was it was a good day though. I love too that we want to do four by four by forty eight, and we were like, we got to be careful. We don't want to get injured. We both have stuff coming up in our lives, mm-hmm. and we ended up doing more than forty eight <laughs> miles in a in half the time in a quarter of the time period. Yeah, yeah. just crazy. So yeah, we got up at three, and uh, just took off. We were moving the whole day. Um, ended up getting done. Was that like six ish? Yeah, right six around PM. six. Yeah. Honestly, dude, it was not that bad. It was pretty enjoyable. I'll say the unique thing, I ended up listening to maybe like an hour of a podcast because I just love podcasts, but I've never done an ultra where I didn't listen to any music. Like Mm. we just talked the whole time. It was kind of cool. Yeah. That's another one of the things I've started to appreciate about triathlon training is obviously swimming. You're not listening to music. You're not going to put your AirPods in? (laughs) No. It seems like a bad idea. Uh, Biking you can't have AirPods and you need to listen to traffic and you just get too much wind feedback. Um, so you could running, but usually I don't. So it's just a lot more time to be just present with your thoughts, uh, listening to your body, seeing what you can do to improve uh, your form and posture. It's really unique. Do you find that when you run, your mind often goes to one place, one thought, maybe something coming up or something in the past that you just kind of ponder on, or is it usually all over the place? It's a mix of both. Um, Yeah, sometimes you just get one song lyric stuck in your head, and then you Dude, that was yesterday morning. It was so annoying. You just kept singing it over and over again. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but it's a beautiful place to go to, though, when your mind can really just be free, have the time and space to just kind of go wherever it wants while your body is doing what it's made to do Mm -hmm. just keep moving one of my favorite things to do is like i often think what is like something i'm trying to accomplish and then i do the whole backwards planning thing of okay well i need to do this then i got to do that then if i did this then i could do that and i go like five or six steps like in reverse until i have an entire plan and then as soon as i get back it's like i can't wait to get back i go write it down and start doing like the first little thing Mm -hmm. i love planning while i'm running Hmm. Nice. I feel like I can visualize better because I know something about the movement, it's a little bit meditative. And so it just gives me like the mental clarity to like picture what it is I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got a question for you. Yeah. I'll do a little reverse here. Okay. Um, yeah. I hear a lot of people there. Yeah. It happens all the time. People say they don't have the time to run. Um, you've got a busy life. How do you still find the time to run and exercise, make that a priority? And why is it worthwhile for you? This is weird. I was not anticipating <laughs> how the tables turned. Well, well, well. Uh, I, it's non-negotiable for me. So when you say like, how do you make the time for it? It's not that I'm making the time. It's that I know it has to happen. So I'm, I think when you're looking at it that way, you're always thinking, where's the gap in my day? 
you like to get up and run, which is something that I actually don't like to do. I don't like my first thing in the morning. I don't like it. <laughs> well, okay, but, that's, but I do it. That's what you do. I actually usually kind of struggle with some morning nausea or something like that if I get up and just start doing physical activity. Um, and so, so I like to get up and get straight to the office and then I'll be looking throughout my day of like, when do I have a gap in my calendar? And if I have like 45 minutes where I don't have meetings or I don't have uh, something going on, then I'll go ahead and just do it right there. But I have the ability to do that because I'm getting to the office at like six or six thirty. Mm. So by me setting, by me waking up early, I've created more gaps in my day than someone who's rolling in at eight thirty and's got a meeting at eight forty-five. Sure. Uh, but if I if I didn't get it done during the day, which I usually, I mean, I always almost always do, then you're going home and it's like okay, most people get off at five. I'll usually stay a little bit longer. Let's say I get off at six then I still have from six until I go to bed at 10 PM. So that's a four hour window to me. It's just like, it's ridiculous to think that I don't have a gap that I couldn't go get it. Sure. And something that your dad uh, and, and I were talking about, and I think you may have been there for it, but in the episode with Carolina, she talked about how, you know, the respect for people that have a full-time job and a family, but also to find the time to go work out. That's something that I don't currently have. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's just me working on my stuff and mm -hmm. sure I might be, working for 12 hours a day at the office and on the podcast and all of that stuff combined. But I don't have to go home and worry about changing the kids and making the meals for tomorrow. And changing the kids, do you replace them daily? <laughs> <laughs> and doing all of that. And so it's like, for someone who is single and doesn't have children, even if you're in a relationship, I don't think it's the same as having children. Like you don't really have an excuse, in my opinion, to not get something in. Yeah. If you have kids, that's something I can't speak for because I haven't navigated that yet. I have a feeling you and I will still find time though to get in our workouts. Sure. Yeah. But no, that's, that's interesting. I didn't, why is it beneficial for you? It makes the rest of the day so much more productive and enjoyable. Um, and yeah, and you, it, it's a non-negotiable the same way that you're saying, um, if, if I don't start the day in exercise, you just feel sluggish. You're not as productive throughout the day. You're not able to see all the beauty in the day. Mm -hmm. um, we had a nice sunrise this morning. It was good. Good sunrise, run, a little ice bath. Um, yeah, it just sets the day up for success. I think it changes how you show up too. Like, I think there's a couple things. The first one being, I feel more confident personally whenever I know that I got it in and that I do hard things. Like, that makes mm -hmm. me feel like I can get behind the mic and talk with someone and like, that there's actual substance behind what I'm saying. And it's not just words or someone who's saying stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say the other part is you and I knew that we were going to do a podcast this morning and we didn't want to just wake up. I have things going on. I have to head back home to see uh, the rest of my family today. And so I didn't want, we didn't want to just wake up, roll out of bed and go do a podcast. We wanted to show up and be intentional. And so we said, okay, if we're going to podcast at seven fifteen. Let's get up at 5.45, let's run at 6, let's hit an ice bath, and then let's rip the podcast. Because we knew that by going out and working out first, doing something difficult, it would, we would both bond, we'd both get our energy levels up, we'd do something hard, have that knocked out, hit the ice bath, because mm -hmm. who doesn't love to suffer like that? <laughs> we knew that it would make this podcast just that much better if we were dialed in and got after it. Yeah. Yeah, the clarity um, and conciseness of our conversation is definitely a higher quality than it would have been otherwise. Yeah. And you may even be able to notice that 
I'm still shaking a little bit. Yeah. We, we had a pretty cold ice vat this morning. If, if you're watching the video, I took my jacket off a minute ago and I'm kind of regretting it now, but too late to put it back on. Uh, yeah, I, I really like to not pretending to working out at all, but I'm seeing the sun that started to come in on you from outside. Mm. I'm really enjoying taking the podcast on the road, man. Yeah. Like last time you were in Wichita, that was really cool. And I was thankful to have like a studio I could use there, but to have all of my own equipment now and to be able to say like, oh, we got the tractors in here. Let's set it up. Let's go do it in the sauna. Like, man, this is like podcasting 2.0 and I'm addicted to it, man. It is so fun. What are some of the next locations that we can expect? Something unique. You and I talked about it this morning on the run. Next time that I'm up here, I want to do it in a cornfield. Mm, that'd be cool. Like just, dude, just rolling, like not actually rolling, but just like as far as the eye can see, it's just cornfield out there. And uh, mm. I just think that it's like such a simple background, but it's also like, you don't see that. You don't yeah. see someone sitting <laughs> in a cornfield doing a podcast. Like I want to really start to, I, I have fun with doing it in unique places. And then whenever I record all the content and clip it up, I think that helps it do better online too. Mm. But I really enjoy like, Let's not just go sit down in the same place as everyone else. Like, yo, you got a cool spot. Like, let's find a way to make it work. In a sauna. Dude. So uh, Evan was there for that episode and we got there. I love Peter. Peter's a great guy. And that, mm-hmm. again, why I love podcasting. Like, I would have never met someone like him. Mm-hmm. But you and I had really good conversation with him before and after. Like, just mm-hmm. a, a great overall stand-up guy, good friend now. And um, we get there, though, and I'm thinking, like, where are we going to do this at? And he's like you know, man, we're really grinding on these saunas. It'd be great if we could try and do it in the sauna. And that's like a nightmare to someone like me who wants like a a result that can be replicated. I don't want to have to worry about the sound. His neighbor was running the lawnmower. There was a leaf blower (laughs) in the background. Whole neighborhood was out there. It was crazy. Like you guys don't see that when an episode comes out. You don't see the hours that I had to spend editing out the leaf blower (laughs) and fixing the lighting. And like, there's all these different things. And so while I want it to be a fun environment, I also want it to be something where I'm not concerned about what's going to have to happen on the back end to give you guys the quality that I want to give you. Mm -hmm. And so when we showed up and he goes, let's do it in the sauna. I was just like, yeah, let's, (laughs) let's do it in the sauna. (laughs) I think your words were I'll I'll look around to see some other places, but that could work. <laughs> that could work. And it ended up being pretty awesome. No, it was fun. I appreciate your help with that. Yeah, no problem. Uh what else, man? What's been what's been going on? I we have dude, we have probably six hours worth of topics to cover just from what has happened since we've last seen you. Mm-hmm. St. Louis Marathon, you never got the chance to talk about that. Woof. That's yeah. taking you way back. Yeah, wow. That was back April of last year, right before I left to go to Wyoming for fires. Uh, St. Louis Marathon, yeah, 26.2 miles for you (laughs) non-runners. That was a grind, man. Yeah. That was tough. Um, Yeah, we set... (laughs) Typically, when we're running ultras, it's a much slower, sustainable pace. And for the marathon, we knew it was shorter than what we'd been doing. So we set out with a specific time goal. I think we were going for sub four, nothing crazy, but faster than typical. And yeah, felt really strong. I'd say for the first 18, hit that out and back. There was about you keep talking eight miles. And that was rough. It was, that was a pain cave right there. We were both going through it. Probably said a total of two words to each other during that time. Um, totally in the farm. 
Oh yeah, dude, that course, that course was brutal. And the fact that it was like you thought that you were about to turn around and then you realized, oh no, we have to go up and down these hills before you could turn around was just absolutely brutal. Yeah, there is yeah, lots so you basically saw everyone doing the race within a 45 minute time period on that out and back and everyone was going through it. Um one of the most memorable parts that we still talk about you had started getting some pretty serious leg cramping um, during that. And oh, yeah. I, I just looked at you and said, no, you didn't say a word, but you just kept running. You're like, all right. So we're both hobbling along, uh, make it to 26 miles. And then, like, I'm not even kidding. The last point one to the finish line is probably a 70 foot climb up a hill. <laughs> Which after 26 miles is just so brutal. Puts a finish line at the top of a hill. It was so brutal because you're expecting to like have this awesome burst of energy, be able to sprint across. And instead it was like crawling up the hill trying to not die. Yeah. That was so awful. Poor John. John <laughs> John basically crawled across the finish line. But he did it. He finished. No, no, yeah. Kudos to my man, but oof. And that's really all that matters. Like, it doesn't matter how pretty it is or how you feel. As long as you just keep moving and do it, mm-hmm. that's what counts. Uh, one thing I want to say, too, this is something I've been, I've been thinking about is the more I've been podcasting and putting stuff out there, like, you guys have been receiving it so well. I see the love that you guys are sharing on all of the clips. I see people texting me on, on, about episodes, posting other stories, whatever. And a lot of the running content seems to be resonating. And you and I are not like extraordinary runners. Like we said, we're only a year into this yeah. and we have a lot to learn. And so one thing I want to offer is like, if you're thinking about running or even walking, like if you have a 5k goal, a 10 mile, you want to do a marathon, maybe even a 50, whatever that goal is, if you're looking for any sort of insight, any sort of advice, not that we know what we're doing, but feel free to, to DM us. Mm-hmm. Like we're more than happy to help. I think I speak for both of us whenever I say we want to see more people do hard things and oh, to yeah. push themselves. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, reach out to at Real Period Conversations or at the FNOC. We're more than happy to like put together a little plan, just talk you through something. Like we want that community to really form. Because I think mm-hmm. more people like, the more people that are doing difficult things, it resonates not just this area of your life of physical activity, but it's everywhere, man. Like there's not... It, there's no such thing as an easy life anymore. If you're living an easy life, like it's probably going to be hard because of how easy you're living. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You got to choose your choose your hard. Yeah, uh, running is hard, but so is being overweight and laying on the couch in misery. Yeah, dude. It, and I'll tell you what, man. There are a few things that are as rewarding as doing something incredibly difficult, and then just getting to kind of chill. Maybe it's just an hour. Maybe it's a couple hours. Maybe it's that amazing night of sleep. Mm-hmm. But like knowing that you did a good job and that you can just kind of watch a movie and, and not feel bad about it. Just mm-hmm. like, know you earned it. Yeah. It's such a pure feeling. Yeah. It's like you're saying. <clears throat> what, uh, man, what else? I feel like there's so many things that we've just not even touched on. I mean, even just looking back at this past week, it was a pretty crazy week. Um, yeah, doing that full half Ironman four days, uh, four or five days later, doing a 50 miler. It's out of nowhere. Just, yeah. And even like the days before that, still doing at least two workouts a day. You're doing 75 hard right now. We have not talked about 75 hard in maybe a year or so on this podcast. What is that? I don't think it's been talked about 
Well, I don't know if you and I have. I'm saying I may have, I think I talked about it a while ago. Hmm. Um, what, for people that don't know, what is 75 hard? Yeah, 75 hard is a 75 day, I don't want to say the word challenge. But I, think he calls it a it I think he calls it a mental toughness program. Yeah. Uh, it was created by Andy Frisella, founder of First Four, and many other super successful companies. Which he was in RC Rewind episode a couple weeks ago, and then he is married to Emily Frisella. That's his wife. And so just connect all those dots for you guys. Yeah, so the basic outline of the program, 75 days of two 45-minute workouts a day. One of them is outside, drinking a gallon of water a day, sticking to a diet, you know, no cheat days, no alcohol. Um, reading 10 pages a day, keep your mind sharp. And you just have to do all progress of, picture. Yeah, progress picture every day. Mm -hmm. That's a sneaky one. So you've got you gotta <laughs> hammer all those out every single day for 75 days. Um currently on day 50 or so. And it's been really interesting to see because I think you and I both did 75 hard for the first time. 2020 maybe yeah during covid yeah mm -hmm. right around that time and it was a grind back then like i did not know how to drink water <laughs> that, it was tough and then seeing what it's changed to today for me it's so much easier just having that mental grit and that fortitude it's crazy just how much smoother the whole operation is and it's it's offered a great opportunity to reflect and look back at how i've grown it's it's remarkable. What have you seen in that reflection? Yeah, just the, it goes back to just having that mental tenacity to just get after it and raising that baseline of things I didn't used to think possible is now a cakewalk. Um, like I was just looking back and running five miles. Like that was a grind for me. I was so proud of myself. Yeah. And now that's an every morning deal. Um, yeah, but isn't it, that cool? It's crazy. Like at the time, I didn't think that I would get to the point where I am now. But it's just that day after day work where you're not going to see progress. Mm -hmm. But then you can look back and go, oh my gosh, look at all this progress. I think that the really cool element of that is like faith and belief. Because you're when you're not seeing that progress day to day, it's the most frustrating thing. And it's like, why continue doing this? Mm -hmm. And you're not going to see progress day to day. But you can now look back over the course of years of how that of how those consistencies compounded and see the results. And it's like, wow, it actually worked. It happened. Yeah. You just got to carry the boats one day at a time. <laughs> carry the boats, man. Uh, we love David Goggins on here. He should be coming on next episode. We're closing in on that one. <laughs> The podcast is going to be recorded in a boat. <laughs> Dude, you know how crazy that'd be? I Pretty would cool. love to have mom, but I feel like he would just yell at me the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, I've done a couple ultras. Do more. Yeah. He, just a crazy story. Looking back at your personal story of how you've continued to become more disciplined over the years, what advice would you give someone who's kind of starting out today who's listening to this and they follow you on Instagram? They're like, how is bro doing like a half Ironman on Saturday and then going out and doing 50 miles on Thursday? Yeah, there's, I, I think there's two big things. One, I mean, having a good foundation of fitness helps, but it's certainly not necessary. So you got to trust the process if that's um, how you set yourself up for success. If not, you just got to win that mental battle. If you can make it one more step, that's great. Just take that next step. 
And then it's just the next foot in front of the other, just one step at a time. If I can do one more rep, I've got it. If I can just have a couple more grams of protein, I got it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's pretty simple. Just, you just got to win that mental battle. I think it's, I think it's cool because I've started to notice how like doing difficult things, it's the same every time, but it's like, it's not any easier, but you just start to realize like, okay, this is going to go away. It's going to subside. It will eventually pass. And so it's just the ability to like endure whatever that pain is Mm -hmm. long enough. And it's like, when we were doing that 50, it, you know, it wasn't like a cakewalk by any means. (laughs) It was just, I feel like we understood better the process of like, all right, just got to continue doing this and it's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this is 13, 14 hours and then it's over with and it's an accomplishment and we're going to feel great about it. Yeah. There was, yeah, man, probably miles 20 to 35. I had what I would call an angry little invisible gnome. (laughs) And it really felt like he was taking a sledgehammer and just beating my right thigh as hard as he could. Just this awful, throbbing, aching pain. And I was like, man, it's probably a muscle tear. Like this could do some serious damage. Maybe I should just quit. I've got family here. They can take me back home. Like this could really be something bad. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make it a couple more steps, see how it feels. And I just kept playing that mental battle Mm. until I got to the point where it eventually subsided. Obviously new pains arose, but you just got to keep taking that same battle of, can I make it a little bit farther? Perfect. Let's do it. Isn't that interesting? Like This is obviously not medical advice, but every time that we've done something and it's like, if I get in the ice bath, I'm going to die. Yeah. That is so cold. I'm going to die. Or it's like you're running. It's like, oh, I definitely just tore my ACL. Yeah. This is definitely <laughs> it. And it's like, no, every single major injury that you and I have had over the last four ultras, because I think we've had one pretty much every time where mm-hmm. something was like, nah, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Stop right now. Protect yourself. Every time within two to three weeks, within two to four weeks, completely gone. Yeah. And you're good to go. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Your body is going to throw everything it can at you pain-wise. Um, yeah, even if, if that's a localized pain, just general pain, lack of energy, um, it's going to throw everything it can at you to get you to try to quit mm-hmm. just to maintain a sort of homeostasis. Like your body wants to kind of just lay down and chill right then. But if your brain can, uh, realize that you can just keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It, so we, and I think it's fun too because we, we made light of all of the pain we were having. I think when you mm-hmm. can like almost personify it, but in a funny way, like give life to it, I think it actually kind of helps the situation. And so uh, my aunt Gina, your mom, uh, yourself and my myself, we all had these different situations going on. So we gave each other nicknames. Your nickname was... Angry Gnome. <laughs> yours was Angry Gnome. I was Duckfoot. Uh, and then aunt Gina was... Uh, Ghost Pebble. Yep. And so what was going on with that is I was probably like eight miles in and I was convinced that like the bottom of both of my feet was completely raw. I was convinced that I had rubbed off all of the skin <laughs> and that my feet were just a bloody stub. And I'm sitting there at like mile six and I'm like, this is odd. This isn't good. And then mile seven, I'm like, you know what? Good for you. You're still going. You don't even have any feet. <laughs> and then mile eight, I was like, okay, if I'm going 50, I should probably address this situation. <laughs> And so we stopped and uh, your grandpa brought us some duct tape. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to duct tape the bottom of my foot to stop all of the friction, which sounds stupid. But just hear me <laughs> out. And so we take off my shoes and I, I asked your mama, I was like, Angina, it's, it's real bad. I can't look. Can you do it? <laughs> so I take off my shoes. She looks at my foot. She goes, 
Excuse me, there's nothing on your foot, man. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, no, they're, they're right here. They're just about to be gone. And I'm looking and my foot's like completely fine. There was definitely blisters that were starting to form, but it was nowhere near what I'd built it up to be in my head, which mm-hmm. is a lesson in and of itself. But what I did was I took a, I took a bunch of duct tape and the entire <laughs> underside of both of my feet was just duct tape. <laughs> and it actually looked pretty cool. Yeah. And Evan ended up taking a picture. We'll post it on, the, on my Instagram story or something, but uh, duct tape the entire bottom of my foot. And it's kind of an interesting strategy because after mile eight, I had no foot problems for the rest of the 50 miles. Do you think that was because you put duct tape on or because mentally you knew you had duct tape on? I think it was both of them. I actually do think there was strategic value in the duct tape though. Okay. The, the friction definitely stopped rubbing after that. Hmm. And so I, that might be an ultra strategy, man. I'm going to keep that one in my pocket. Hmm. And then Angina was ghost pebble because she <laughs> stopped like, I don't know, every couple miles. She's like, guys, I got a rock in my shoe. I got to get it out. <laughs> and every time she'd flip over her shoe, there was never yeah. a rock in there. <laughs> so she was ghost pebble. Yep. Yeah. You guys got to do this stuff. Find someone who's, who's, you know, wanting to also do hard stuff and just go out and have a good time with it. Like yeah. the memories you make, they're so fun. Yeah, definitely have that community to support with, um, to have support with, to endure the pain with, and then just laugh about it all. Because at the end, that's all you can do is laugh. Yeah, it's great memories. Okay, me primo, um, I'm going to start wrapping up. Is there anything before then that you want to cover? Nothing really sticks out. I feel like, although this could have lasted for four or five hours recapping the last seven, eight months, I feel like we did a pretty good job. We, we hit the, the, the major <laughs> the, points. The big stuff, yeah. Obviously, I, there's shenanigans in between. But. I, I feel like we bounced around too. Yeah. I'm curious, dude, we have such an interesting dynamic. Like with all of the other guests, it's definitely more professional and it's like structured. And then you and I, it's just it's like, like all yeah, bubbly. And it's like, yo, what's up, primo? <laughs> Uh, primo means cousin in Espanol for mis amigos hispanohablantes. Um, <laughs> Evan, where can people find you online if they want to connect, learn more, reach out? Yeah, best way is on Instagram. Find me at the Evan OC. Okay. And then you guys can find the podcast at Real Period Conversations. Then I'm at the Jacob OC. If you guys enjoyed this episode, as I mentioned, we've been making a lot of investments, both in equipment, but also in, in relationships. Please share the episode with a friend. It really helps us grow and consider rating and reviewing the podcast. Evan, looking back at your journey, what advice would you, oh my gosh, what I'd say, what advice would you offer to your 22 year old self? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's in the future. So I can't do that, Primo. You know what? I've got a different question for you. This might require a little bit of thought, but uh, looking at your life five years from now, what would constitute success to you? Ooh. Wow. That's a new question. I've been listening to this podcast a long time and it's always the same. That's what happens when you're not 22. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow. Can, can you ask that again? Okay. Looking at your life five years from now, what would constitute success to you? Yeah. Um, six, yeah, successful, I, in general, just life, mm-hmm. um, staying faithful to God first and foremost, continuing to do hard things and not stay complacent at this point, like we've set the bar high. And we just have to keep raising it. So yeah, trust God, keep doing hard things and have fun with life. Nice. That's a successful life. Me primo. Nos vemos. It's good. Uh, Stay tuned. I have a huge announcement coming. John and I will be doing an episode on it. And do you want to call your mom? Let's see if she'll come out for a quick little. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'm going to have my aunt come out and talk about her 50 mile experience real quick.
Oh, that's good enough. Uh, we'll call, we'll call it. So, Angina, we recently did 50 miles together. We did. And on that 50 miles, I tried to teach you how to dap up and you've been making good progress with it. Thanks. I've tried. Yeah. Angina, I am so proud of you. Like <laughs> the amount of, like, it's just so random. You went out on a Thursday morning. I did. It did 50 miles. Well, I had wanted to do it, but I didn't think it was going to happen. But, you know, you put in a, I put in some training a while ago. And it's one of those things like once you get it in your mind, you, you just got to do it to get it out of your mind. I just wanted to be done with it. So let's just do it. How was it? It was actually, it was fun. Would you do it again? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I would. I like, I like new challenges. Like I'm one of those people, like I'm not going to watch a movie a second time. Yeah. I'm not going to go visit a place I've already been. Like I've done 50 miles. Like let's do something different. Like, Okay. Well, this whole podcast usually encourages people to do these things. And yeah. Don't say a hundred miles. That's not different. And you, know, you could do a hundred no, though. I don't want it to is different. It. It's an entirely different beast. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe more something with a bike. Maybe. I don't do bikes. We talked, like, we talked about that. Maybe you should. I know. I'm going to challenge you. I, I will. I'll, I'll get a bike. Um, and you know, what advice would you offer to someone who's like, maybe got that same kind of itch of, I could, I know I could do 50 miles. I just don't know where to start or what to do. The biggest thing I've learned is our bodies heal so quickly. Yes. Like, it's amazing the way God created our bodies. And so, I mean, yeah, it might hurt and you might be miserable, miserable for a little bit, but like by the next day, like you're, you're pretty much okay. So, so just do it because it, the endorphins that it creates, the like the bonding that that we had, and I'm all about quality time, <laughs> as you learned. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, just do it. And that's crazy too, because like you don't do any sort of recovery. You're not getting in a sauna. You're not doing an ice bath. You're just like, ah, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get up the next day and clean the house and do laundry and cook for people. Does being a mom not stop after an ultra? <laughs> it never stops. <laughs> Especially if you've got, you know, a couple of 20-year-olds living with you that want to eat. I love eating. That's one of my favorite things. I'm carb loading, though. I put that in an Instagram story. I'm surprised you didn't say anything. I fully acknowledge that I eat frozen pizza three times a week. <laughs> I bought a few extra, by the way. I appreciate that. Sure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, and Gina, I just wanted to bring you out real quick. Uh, I am really proud of you, and I think more people need to, like, have the mindset that you do of just, like, let's go do something hard because I think I can do it, and I want to cross it off the list. Thanks, so Scoob. I'm su- super happy that you did that. And uh, yeah, thanks for hosting me again. Absolutely. Anytime. We love having you here. And where can people find you online, Angina? At the Gina OC on the gram. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you, Angina. <laughs> Alrighty. See you guys.